the one and only Roger Williams, author of my favorite book. If listeners right now, if at this point, that's become my shitty like tagline almost, you know, like kind of Rush Limbaugh had that like tone. It was like, ding, don't like by now when I have Roger on, you should be mouthing it to yourself. Roger Williams, author of my favorite book, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, which will be sticking in the top comment and in the description. If you're not, then you're not a true fan, and uh, I don't want you in my life. But um, Roger Williams. Well, then we get every once in a while we get a new fan. You do, you do. So and it's time to yeah. turn them from fans into blind members of our cult. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, I mean, political. And campaign. they will all have a thermonuclear weapon. They will in all have a bright future. They will all have a, <laughs> a bright future. I've, I'm reading this book called, or I finished it called, "The Button," and it's by a former Secretary of Defense, all about nuclear posturing and how, it's like, it, and it's the, it's the former it's a former Secretary of Defense saying that we need to like back off the nukes. That you know, if anyone else said it, I'd be like, oh, that fucking hippie. But it's the SecDef going, hey, I've been in this in this game for 50 years and i'm telling you we're not doing it right and um i want to get him on just so i can pitch the idea of kerrigan williams 2028 <laughs> would you like to be our sec def under one stipulation i need you to do a a, a hard 180 <laughs> on, on your nuclear cells well, yeah we need we need, well we need someone who appreciates the danger and the uh, that was one of the things that uh Stanley Kubrick uh, was really leaning on in Dr. Strangelove was that you had all these people saying all these crazy things yeah. and uh, without seeming to understand what was going on. Hmm. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, so we don't have time today really to do a re- the, the reading mm-hmm. for Revelation 3, uh, but I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the Atlanta shooter. Okay. The guy who shot up the massage parlors. Yeah. Um, because, okay, so, and, and I've self-identified as a left-leaning person. For the record, today is Sunday, March 21st, 2021, for future listeners to know about what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, so this has been less than a week, and uh, everyone is losing their shit over what this guy did. And you've got the people going, he targeted Asians. It's a hate crime. It's a, it's a racist thing. You've got the people going, well, he targeted women. It's misogynist. It's sexist. It's a, it's a, you know, sexist thing. It's a, you know, okay. And I haven't heard a single voice in the media that has a fucking clue what's going on. The dude is a, well, I'm going to say there is a distinction between serial killers and mass murderers. This guy's a mass murderer. He went out, killed a bunch of people all at once. But in this case, there's an overlap between serial killers and mass murderers. And in this case, he is a member of an overlapping group. The Venn diagram overlaps a bit. Okay. With a particular motivation that we've seen before, it's not very mysterious. And I think one of the reasons that the Atlanta PD has been a bit cagey about it is they're a big police department. And I'm sure they have at least one expert who has gone, look, we know what makes this guy tick. We've no, we've we've you know seen guys like this before, but he doesn't fit into any of the political buckets that people are waving around. Everybody wants to make this guy 
their poster child and he's not their poster child and this is driving me friggin nuts it's it's uh because these are my these are my people that I, that i nominally agree with on most policy things and all and it's like this guy is not a racist he's not a misogynist not in any conventional sense that those words mean anything he's a deeply disturbed guy who has a serious mental problem and we need to figure it out before 2050 so and the thing is if we apply the usual lenses if we if you look at what he did through the lens of uh racism it's not going to work if you look at what he did through the lens of misogyny and hatred of women it's not going to work any of the things that you would do to mitigate the problem are not going to work because that's not his problem he is okay not a serial killer. I'm going to I'm going to use serial killer, even though he's really a mass murderer, because in this case, the distinction doesn't matter. And people are more used to hearing the phrase serial killer. He killed a lot of people. Now, the fact that we can talk about people who killed a lot of people and it's a large enough group that we can start to take subgroups and learn lessons from them says something about our society, I think. Yeah. Um, but there are definable subgroups, observable subgroups within this group of people who kill a lot of people. Uh, of course, one of the big subgroups under that is men who kill a lot of women. That's a big subgroup. But within that subgroup, you've got several other subgroups. It's like a lot of people are going well he's an incel the he couldn't get a date women said no he was frustrated about that except he wasn't there are people for whom that was the motivation why they became serial killers but not this guy he said what his motivation was he said two things that are very significant because other serial killers and mass murderers have said the exact same thing. He said, I'm not a racist. I don't have a problem with this. Okay. And everyone is losing their shit because most of the people he killed were Asian, but he didn't kill them because they were Asian. He said why he killed them. They were causing him sexual tension. Now, things are crazy here. This is, this is a trip to crazy land, but you have to understand if you are trying to understand the motivations of a guy who woke up one day and said, you know, I think I need to buy a gun, which this guy did, slept on it. And then the next day went out and killed a bunch of strangers. Expecting the explanation for that to be rational is probably not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you're trying to get into the head, you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to, there's like a certain amount of suspension of like rationality. You have to 
indulge in. You have to be like, we're not talking about who, what he chose for lunch. No, it, it's okay. The guy was seriously disturbed. We're talking about mental illness here. And the problem he said was that the people he killed were causing him sexual tension. Now, this is a thing other serial killers and mass murderers have also said. So you've got this group of guys. They're not necessarily incels. Their problem isn't that women keep rebuffing them and won't give them a date and they can't get laid. That's not his problem. Actually, the people he killed were prostitutes. That's going to be controversial in itself, but massage parlors, as we generally know, are like low grade. Okay, every, you know, most guys go in there looking for a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he presumably got his too. They said he spent an hour in the first one before he went on the killing rampage. Oh, shit. So, so just full disclosure, I don't know anything. Like, I know there was a shot in the news. I've just been busy. So I don't know any of the backs. I know it's everyone screaming, stop Asian hate. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. I didn't yeah. know the day he did it. I didn't know that he made statements. I don't. So I'm learning all this through you right now. Okay. Yeah. So, so well, and it's not complicated. But the thing is, everyone is losing their shit over it. And, and in fact, you've got a couple of groups both of whom I would nominally normally agree with about things that they have a a beef that their beef should be listened to and all that are like at each other because they think this is their poster boy. It's like, get away from my poster boy. And and he's not either of their poster boys. Okay. His problem is that he was having powerful feelings that he couldn't suppress and that were very disturbing to him. Now, that's not the women's problem, but he thought it was. He thought that the women were causing these feelings. This is, you know, again, this is not blaming the women. This is what this disturbed person who ended up going on a killing rampage thought. Um, But other men have done the same thing. So this is obviously a pattern. And his problem is, is that, you know, for one reason or another, he couldn't handle the fact that he was having these powerful feelings. Now, in his case, it may have been because he belonged to this religious, nut, you know, very strict religious nutcase uh, denomination that was telling him he would go to hell and that everything was all screwed because he was having impure thoughts. But there are also guys who have done this who didn't need that. They just, it was a lack of power. If you are insecure in your ability to control your emotions and your emotions start doing these things to you, that you can't control and that you, I didn't, you know, to, to you there, this is a loss of power. It's a loss of self-control to some people that in itself is terrifying. And a fraction of these people break in the direction that the only way they can stop this or have some measure of control over it is to destroy the thing that they think is causing it. Now, you you got to look at this as, you know, people are, you know, are, are rallying in the fucking streets going, stop Asian hate. And it's like, look, lots of people hate 
ethnic minorities or other people who don't look like them, and they never go out and buy a gun and start shooting them. Lots of men really don't like women. They feel frustrated. They have all kinds of problems with their relationships, and they don't go shooting up the massage parlor. You know, they, they, they don't feel the need to do this. If you think about it, that requires a powerful motivation. This guy is like, it's always easier to just watch TV or go online. These are people who got out of the chair, went, got a weapon. The guy bought the weapon the day before. This involves planning. Okay, he thought about this. This was not a spur of the moment thing. He was like, you know, I'm going to do this right. I need to get a gun. And he got the gun and then he slept on it. And he got up the next day and he went out and did something that incurred great risk, that involved a lot of effort. Okay, as much as we may hate what he did, you have to admit, a lot of people would not have gone through the effort, no matter how much they hated Asians or women was, or anybody else. I was going to say, there's there's almost some like macabre, like like motivational aspect to this right it's like most people well, there is you just you hate in your living room and this guy said no today i'm gonna hustle and he went out and he made moves now granted it would have been a lot better if he was opening a small business but like yeah you know okay <laughs> but yeah that's you're right there's i mean dude i lived in valdosta georgia for two years i can tell you that if every racist killed the people they didn't like <laughs> The population of Valdosta would be zero. Okay. Yes. Okay. It'd be mutual shirt destruction. The same, that, the same with much of the world. With much of the world, and that's not by any means justifying it or defending it, but it's like no. But it's just, it's just, yeah. It's, but it's you have to understand this shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and the thing is, this is a new phenomenon for the human race. This is something that has only really been going on since the post-war post-World War II era. And uh, Colin Wilson documented it in uh, A Criminal History of Mankind, which... On on a side note, am I just... Do I just live under a... Okay, nice. Okay, notice how thick this book is. Yeah. So this is like the making of the atomic bomb, except it's the history of murder. (laughs) by a person who uh, is a bit controversial. Uh, a lot of people have jumped on me when I have mentioned it online because he also wrote The, uh, the Occult. Uh, he is a believer in the woo, the su- some supernatural stuff, and mm-hmm. he tends to incorporate that into some of his theories. But he was also a professional true crime writer. Okay. And so he knew the small details of thousands of these true crime incidents because it was his job to document them. And he draws some very fascinating patterns in this book. Uh, And one of them is the guy, you know, in the rise of sex crime, which happens after 1950. Okay. Before, Before 1950, sex crime was news. Uh, if some guy walked into uh, a house of prostitution and blew away eight people, it would have been news. It would have been on the front page of the paper. It would have been the lead story and on, on the network news. Now it's like, oh, another one. 
Yeah, right. It, it, it's kind of like a like a CSI like trope, right? A guy, yeah. you know, killed seven hookers, right? Put the put the put the phrase "list of serial killers" into the Google. Okay. And oh yeah 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 okay yeah sure yeah they're all <laughs> yeah they're all yeah 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 yeah. I, yeah and yeah I mean and the, and the length of the lists that you will get is just mind blowing. This is and this is the thing you know before before in World War Two you had what Jack the Ripper, you had a couple of people and yeah. they were special. Yeah. They were they they were like no one had seen anything like this before people were shocked to their core and now it's like oh another one yeah, except yeah. for this guy this this one has a you know struck a nerve yeah a couple of nerves as, actually I think, as they all should but all things considered it's like yeah you're right it's you know we this seems to and this is dark and perhaps says something about our world but i mean Normally, to kind of stay in the news for more than a week, it's got to be something brutal, like a Sandy Hook killing six-year-olds in a bathroom. Like yeah. true, you know, even Satan. Shooting up an elementary school or even something. Satan, that was different. Yeah, even Satan changes his profile picture on Facebook. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, you know, we're all in this together. You know, but yeah. all but, things but, considered, but eight, got... eight people, it, don't take this out. All things considered, an eight-person shooting spree, it's not... As far as shooting sprees go, it's not really, you know, it's Pulse Nightclub 49. Yeah. Um, now, you've got uh, a strain of the of, of these killers who what they want is to be famous. Mm-hmm. You know, they want their name to be. And then I notice Dylan that Roof. people are getting wise to that. And it's like you'll notice I'm not saying the guy's ah, name. I just, I've noticed fuck, I just I just gave one of them their names. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you're right. You're right. But, but, uh, but also – this guy gave you know you know the in, in investigators uh pretty much a confession he said oh okay yeah uh they were causing me sensual sexual tension and and, and i'm not a racist and the, the whole thing about the way that they he said well i'm not a racist was like why would anyone think i was a racist just because i built killed a bunch of asian people it's like but he didn't kill a bunch of asian people because they were asians and he hated asians he killed asian people because the particular <laughs> prostitutes that had been servicing him were Asian, kinda, and they were the people who were causing him sexual tension. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> <Or> he <but thought. laughs> It's kind of fucked up, but it's the exact opposite of Asian hate. He killed these people yes. because of sexual. He liked attention. them too much. He had they were, he had Asian fetish. <laughs> yes, that was a, uh, as as uh, I put it in one of the few comments I dared to leave on this is the the two possibilities are either that he fetishizes asian women which is not an uncommon thing among, among guys who look guys. like us <laughs> yeah like or uh or they just happen to be the available mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. he was using to service his needs you know because Proximity. yeah uh so it wasn't that they were asian it's that they were the the shops it's like he went to one of them got a happy ending started doing that regularly but it was disturbing him because he has this impulse telling him it's bad it's uh it's in the case of some guys it's it's known that in the case of some guys they didn't need the religious thing mm-hmm. and you'll see people harping on the religious thing on mm-hmm. my side of the political spectrum and that's not that either mm-hmm. because there are some guys who don't need the religious thing what it is is a loss of control because if you think about it an orgasm is a seizure it's it's a it's it's momentary nirvana 
Yeah, but it's also yeah. a loss of control. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's really. a surrender, and it can be t- if you if you're insecure mm-hmm. about your sense of self control, it can be terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a motivation for some of these people. And nobody is getting any of this. Mm-hmm. Everyone is off on their hobby horse. Oh, it's about he hates Asians. It's a hate crime. He hates women. It's a hate crime. No, that's not the fuck what it is. It's about he's an insecure person whose feelings overwhelmed him and he didn't know how to handle them. And he didn't know how to handle them in a way that has happened before and will happen again in other guys. And no one saw it coming because he hit it. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do we figure out this guy before we give him a hydrogen bomb in 2050? Which he'll be getting. Yeah. That's well, well, will he? But, uh, he might not because are we are we giving him to felons? Yeah. That's. Oh, OK. That's, hey, we're curing every. Pro- well, what about felons? Well, it looks like we got to build some rehab centers. Roger, this okay. is a just, just like a nuclear bomb fully erases the battlefield. We there's no holds barred. Okay, double checking on that. Just, hey, you know, like, it's, it's your ticket, man. What, you, don't you, don't you don't said. throw this on me. You're in this with me. All right, you are you are the you are the yeah you're you're the Himmler to my Hitler. There, that's a great sound bite one day. So, Roger Williams, oh. uh, your book, greatest selling book of 2024. Do you mind? Uh, Explaining this, uh, I don't know him. You've appeared on his show forty times. Uh, yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. We were just I joking around. You were doing an episode about the Atlanta shooter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, so the thing, but everyone is missing this, and it's not like it's a complicated thing. And I suspect what is going on with the Atlanta PD. Because they're a large police department, mm-hmm. I suspect they have at least one expert who actually does understand what's going on. And he's telling them, no, this is not a hate crime. This is a bog standard serial kill. Now, the fact that I can say a thing like that says something about the human race this century. But it is a thing that keeps happening over and over again. We may not understand why it happens, but... It's not a hate crime. It's not that the guy is going to buy it. You know, it's not that the guy would have uh, worn a KKK robe. It's not that the guy hates women. If anything, it's that he actually liked these women too much and couldn't handle his own feelings. So that is an important distinction because if you think about it, if you if you define this as a hate crime, then you would take, what measures are you going to take? Are you going to do a cultural campaign to humanize the victims and say, okay, Asian people are people too, and they're human and they have needs and they have lives of their own and and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Are you going to uh, shame the people who say bad things and and who who voice these things and use the, uh, the N word or whatever the equivalent is for Asians? Okay. Uh, none of that would have any effect on this guy. Yeah, I mean, as as, and perhaps I live under a rock, but I, I feel like the only genuine Asian hate I know of is from Harvard University. Truly, the fact that they have higher yeah. standards for Asians to be accepted—that's systemic Asian hate. I mean, yeah. like, no, there's yeah. no there's no punchline there. That's 
that's what that is. Yeah, and, and that's in, the weird thing about seeing people marching in the streets over it's this. inverse is that, affirmative action that's been known since yeah. 2015, that you have to have a higher SAT and a higher GPA to be Asian and get in. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, we're, 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 how, how are we being hurt as white males by this? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that so, guy. Maybe that guy took a took a page out of Harvard's book. Maybe he said, "You're right." You know, I see Harvard, this respectable institution, making it more difficult for Asians. That means Asians are invading. I'm going to do my part. I mean, where's the blame yeah. laying on Harvard? Well, but I say all this exaggerating because what I'm saying right now is complete horseshit, and I'm trying to illuminate that it's all. Uh, yeah, uh, and and the thing is, there yes, there have been periods, and there are places where. Uh, the yellow menace, you know, has has been an issue. And uh, now I, I don't think it's as much lately in our age, but obviously people feel it. I mean, the and, and that's not to say that it's not a problem or that it hasn't been a problem or that it, something doesn't need to be done about it. But this guy, this guy that everyone is going on about is not your poster child for that. Mm-hmm. He is something completely different. This guy is also not your poster child for misogyny or hatred of women because he, if, if any, you know, it's, it's, it's not that he was an incel and he couldn't get a date and they were denying him. I mean, he, the people he killed were basically prostitutes who were basically saying, probably said yes without any problem and did their function and gave him the happy ending, mm-hmm. you know, as their job provided. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that caused his psychological problem to erupt. Uh, not that they were denying him in any way, but that they were giving something that part of him wanted and part of him hated. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's insane. It's a massive psychological problem. We need to understand these things. Well, so, you know, like- Because you can't do anything about them well, if you... I was going to say it's like it's like Jeffrey Dahmer. If you ever watched this interview with him, mm-hmm. him and his dad, and his dad, you know, God bless his parents. They still went and visited him in prison. You know, it's they still came in. This is my son. For whatever, you know, no comment on that. But I mean, hey, I guess parents love. But then when uh, the interviewer asked, and, and Dahmer's like, you know, he's in like handcuffs and there's guards there, but. When the when the interviewer asked him about like you know you had early homosexual thoughts, and he was like oh absolutely, and he was going on about this like self discovery that he liked men, and he's like but I knew my dad wouldn't accept it, and the interviewer asked his dad, and his dad's like well it's you know it's objectively wrong like you know that's not how God intended us to be, but you see this this dark comedy, and that his dad is willing to put past his son's serial killing past and still love his son still thinks he should be in jail but still love his son as his son but then the second something as trivial can't can't handle the fact that he might have been gay and you (laughs) see that and you're like man now we know how bad the guy got fucked up that's what i mean is now it's you're like oh there's some it's like tim dylan said he's like i remember when i told my dad i was gay he was like 25 and he goes, and my dad looked at me and said, there was $100 bills on the mantle for the uh, for the the house cleaner. It's not here anymore. Do you know anything about that? Tim, did you take the $100? Says dad just completely just pushed. 
he's like, I can't. I finally got up the like the the balls to say it. He's like, I'm crying, and I tell my dad I'm gay. He's like, and my dad just ignores it, and it's like, man, that's yeah, it's gotta fuck you up. Now I don't know if that's a if that's a blank check to go murder people and then say what well, was me. Well, duh, but the the thing is, we have to understand this is a thing that does happen to some people, mm-hmm. and. That, that, I think I made the point to you before uh, that sometimes uh, the best opportunity to learn how something works is to observe it when it's broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because if you just lo- look at cars moving back and forth on the highway all day long, then how do they move? What's what's propelling them? You, yeah. you you might not have any idea, but if you see one sitting by the side of the road belching steam, then you know, heat is involved. Yeah, you can learn something from that. Or a plane if you go a to, a, yeah, I mean, assuming you don't have the ability to just uh, like take a car apart, but then if you go to a junkyard and you find one that's thrown a rod and you can see into the engine, you might get an idea how this mechanism is assembled, and you you don't get much more broken than being uh, a mass murderer. That's mm-hmm. you know, uh, but that illustrates starkly how our emotional system can malfunction but also how it functions when it's functioning normally if you back off from that malfunction uh, and say it's like look people have serious issues with these feelings you know by biology doesn't always prepare you for the things it's going to do to you mm-hmm. and some people are just freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. And especially if you pile on to that, like the religious education, or maybe you're picked on, or maybe you really do have a problem appealing to the opposite sex or to the same sex, if that's your thing, or, or you have some other thing. And, and, and you have this constellation of influences, some of which are pushing on you and some of which aren't. And every once in a while, you have a perfect storm and the influences push in just the right combination that somebody snaps mm-hmm. and they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. They, they come to a conclusion that is completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at this guy, like I said, he went out the day before, bought the gun. So he's sitting there that evening with a gun in front of him, thinking, all right, I'm going to do this thing. Now, logically, this does not make any sense because if his idea is that women are causing these feelings that he can't control, he can't exactly kill all of the women in the world. Mm -hmm. But what he is doing is establishing a sense of power. Mm Mm-hmm over this thing he can't control now again that is bonkers it is not to say i'm blaming the women in any way uh even he might say well i'm not blaming the women you know some would some some of these guys would say that some some would have enough self-knowledge to go oh no this was this was me you know i uh i had to kill her to 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 prove to myself that I was in control of the situation. And this is a thing that happens a lot. Uh, the 
a lot of these guys. And it is, and, and one of the funny things, it is almost all guys. That is itself a topic. But when you get to where the rubber hits the road, it's about power and that they don't think they have it and they need to acquire it. And they can't think of any other way except to kill because there's nothing that says I have power over you like the fact that I just cut your throat Mm -hmm. or strangled you Mm -hmm. or put a bullet in your head. Mm -hmm. That's uh, so that is unequivocal. It's like once you do that, you can actually feel like you are in control of the situation eh, for a while. Mm -hmm. Now, you see this a lot more in serial killers. The, the thing about mass murderers tend to be uh, disorganized. That's, you know, they're doing, even, even this guy, it was, even though he thought about it overnight, he slept on it before he went and did it, it was still not, he wasn't making any attempt to cover his tracks. He knew this was probably going to be the last meaningful thing he ever did in the real world. But he had to. He felt he had to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, now, serial killers can be a lot more dangerous because they are covering their tracks, and they're thinking about being able to do it again. It's like they're going to get their hit, and they're going to feel better for a while. But then, after a few weeks, or whatever, uh, yeah, got to find another one. Yeah, got to it again um and one of the things uh of course colin wilson wrote that book that i showed you in the early 80s uh so a lot has happened since then well really school shootings i mean right yeah there were columbine was 99 yeah Yeah, he didn't even have school shootings in uh, a criminal history of mankind that was like yet a new development uh but uh he did mention richard speck the uh and that uh, one of the weird things that happened there was that he committed like 2,000 rape, rapes and a lot of those ended up as murders. Jesus. And you got to think about the amount of effort that that involves. This is a highly motivated person. Okay. You're going to tell somebody, I'm going to do a motivational thing. It's like, get off your ass. Go out in the world. So do something. It. Okay. I'm going to kill a thousand women. Shit. So, you know, that's not it's what like, I meant. Sorry, <laughs> Sam Hyde. Sam Hyde, the comedian. He's like, you know, there are lessons in terrible things. I mean, 9 11, you know, 19 guys, a couple box cutters, barely spoke mm-hmm. a lick of English, and they put their heads together and they believe in themselves. Yeah, well, it's uh, look at the trouble Bill Maher got into for just saying, look, they're not cowards. You can say a lot of bad things about them. They were assholes and all, but you can't say that someone who did that is a coward. Hey, yeah. I mean, Stalin really, you know, he probably could teach some lessons in confidence. I bet Stalin knew how to go ask a girl on a date without, you know, his voice <laughs> cracking. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> take what you will. Yeah. Uh, so you've got, you know, there, there is a thing going on here, and it is a thing that is very distinct from conventional racism. It's very distinct from conventional misogyny or sexism, it, and it's a very specific thing. It has several different ways of manifesting that can be understood, that they pretty much are, 
and this guy is one of them and you've got everybody losing their shit over it because they're they're wanting to make him their poster boy for their thing that is not at all related to what he actually did Mm -hmm. and at the back of it there is an actual thing that is happening here that uh needs to be understood because it keeps happening over and over and over again since the 1950s now what is it about the post-war society that makes these guys go off that like you know this is uh wilson makes a strong case that it's the maslow hierarchy that before this era these guys simply wouldn't have had an opportunity they would have been too yeah they would have been too busy staying alive great taking care of the business life yeah yeah uh, but after world war ii you have this whole middle class arise and you've got people who idle time have yeah they have time to breathe they don't have to worry about survival issues and that gives them room to look more toward the ego Hmm. and and self-actualization and and this is one of the things he says is that a lot of these crimes are crimes of self-actualization they're they're not to provide for a need for food they're not to provide for a need for shelter they're not to provide for a need for domestic stability which is a thing they're to provide for an ego Uh that doesn't feel secure and if you're worried about those other things then you know that's why it's the maslow hierarchy Mm -hmm. you haven't gotten to the top of it yet but now we've got a lot of people who've gotten to the top of it and they're uh kind of casting about and then when one of these impulses strikes them they don't have anything else to do so they can follow it Mm -hmm. uh you know if it was a hundred years ago and they were dirt scrabble farmers even with the same religious upbringing the same asshole parents this guy probably would have been a little too busy bringing the crops in and doing the chores to go find the prostitutes and then get the idea to start killing them because they were bothering him so much mm-hmm. that's you know uh the it's a modern, it's a modern twist on it it's uh yeah it's a. Uh... To, to a bold a bold way to say it but it's it's a it's a luxury problem to have yes when you can exactly. decide who which sex worker you feel frustrated with instead of like i have to kill a deer and i have to get this <laughs> firewood back to the hut you don't have time right yeah you know uh so and, and and again, that's a thing a lot of people don't want to face directly, that the one thing about modern society that is actually good, that people aren't uh, confronted with mm-hmm. these threats that used to be universal, and that turns them into the threat for the next person over uh, yeah. because they have all this, you know, they have this idle time and and capability to go, well, I don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. Maybe if I kill this guy, yeah. then I'll feel real. Well, I was I was going to say I was just thinking as I was 
Well, one I was going to say, I graduated UGA in December 2013, and I took like two years off. Is right after I decided I want to go to medical school, and like a couple weeks later, lost my brother to suicide. And I had a couple years off where I kind of just took time off from all everything, and that was the most miserable two years of my life because I had all the time in the world to just smoke weed, go do whatever, go meditate by a river. I mean, shit. I, it was fun for like a like a month, and then it was just it was it turned into hell. And I kept thinking, I was like, well, I don't want to go back to doing work. I was I was miserable trying to get into medical school. Since I started this podcast in December 2019, it's the happiest I've been because I'm busy every day. But I say all of that to say, yeah, what's the balance? You know, you could say, well, now that you're not worried about slaughtering a cow or go, going to get clean drinking water from the well and keeping the, the hut from freezing and your kin <laughs> from dying – you know, when you do that, you don't have time to think about killing hookers or, you know, shooting up a school. So you could argue that being busy and struggling all the time is actually good. But then you have to think, well, what's the greater good? When everyone's struggling, not everyone slaughters the cow. Not everyone does get the clean water. Untold numbers die. So then you got to balance. What's worse? Everyone's struggling, but not having internal struggles about killing Asian hookers but 10% of the population dies because of famine, or is it better to have 99.999% of the population survive, and then there are these horrific things where eight people dead, sure, but in a country of 346 million. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, know. Mean the, I don't know. I can't the, answer that. The list of serial killers is kind of horrific. Um, but even add all those up, and they are not a drop in the bucket compared to one bad farming season in 1750. Or the number of people who get killed in auto accidents every year. Exactly. But even – but you, do you get what I'm saying though? It's like they're horrific mm -hmm. but I mean, you know. But we well, – but the thing is because of the way that it happens. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and most people don't really parse it. You know, it's, it's like, okay, I have been shot at. You know, I, I am the victim of a drive-by shooting. Fortunately, you are the uh, yes. Damn it, I, Roger! I, what the hell? I never you? told you. That. No, I. Always, oh, I've had a very interesting life. I had a feeling you were in the Bloods <laughs> or the Crips. I knew it. Uh, no, uh, when I lived in Kenner, Louisiana, in the late '80s uh, and early '90s, uh, we lived in a very bad neighborhood, uh, which was mostly black. We were the funky white couple. And we kept a very low profile. Uh, I always felt fairly safe there because no one knew that we had anything. Uh, in fact, it was funny because some of my coworkers lived on the other side of the interstate in the better neighborhood. And they were like, how can you live in that shithole on 27th Street behind the airport? And I was like, dude, if one of my neighbors wants to jack a TV set to pay for his drugs, he's going to break into my house because he doesn't think I have anything. He's going to walk across the interstate and break into your house because he can walk there from my house. And I mean, in I, fact, that yeah. happened a couple of times. But uh, we had an incident. The uh, the guy who ran everything in uh, at the time, I knew a few people who told me that Kenner, Louisiana was the most corrupt small town of its size in the entire United States. And the difference between Kenner and New Orleans, New Orleans being 10 times the size of Kenner, is that Kenner's corrupt cops were competent. 
New Orleans's corrupt cops kept getting caught and fucking up. Well, the guy who ran everything in Kenner at the time was Sal Lentini. Notice the Italian thing. There's a connection there. Okay, yes, this is all mobbed up. Mm -hmm. And he started to get old and started to get paranoid. And he started to uh, take out the people he thought were threatening him who had been his allies. And his number two guy was named Nick Congemi. And Nick saw this coming up. Uh, so uh, Nick kept a sharp eye on everything. And one day Nick watched out the window of his office as a uniformed Kenner police officer put a package in the trunk of Kenjemi's car. So Nick saw this happen. He went directly out, went in the trunk of his car, got the package, went into Sal's office, dropped the key of cocaine on Sal's desk and said, one of your men left this in my car by mistake and then went directly from there to the registrar of voters to register to run against his boss for the next sheriff's election, which he won on a law and order platform. We're going to clean up all of the stuff that is wrong in Kenner, all of the corruption. We're going to deal with that. Now, this is the number two guy. Okay. Uh, needless to say, cleaning up the corruption is not what happened. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the day after Kenjemi took office, now at the time, you got to realize, we knew for a solid fact that the Kenner police were running the cocaine trade and the stolen car ring. We knew about the drug trade because the previous tenant in our rental house had been a drug dealer. <laughs> And for the first couple of months we lived there, we were getting knocks on the door from people trying to buy drugs. And we would have to tell her, oh, no, June moved over on the other side of the airport. You can find her there. Um, and we knew some other people whose car had been stolen and they uh, had to trace it to the Kenner PD to mm -hmm. uh, basically stay out of jail because they pissed off the wrong people. So anyway, we're like keeping the low profile of the, you know, mousy class just you know we're the funky white couple on 27th street everybody knew us i felt perfectly safe driving you know not even driving walking to the convenience store three blocks away at 3 a.m no problem everyone knew who i was then all of a sudden everyone got a gun it was like mushrooms fucking sprouting uh no one knew where they stood anymore and no one knew whether they were paid off mm -hmm. it, it literally started a war i i told people that before uh lentini got deposed we didn't have law but we had order afterward we didn't have order <laughs> no one knew where they stood uh and so a couple of days after the change of the sheriff, there is a there, that convenience store. Like I said, I felt safe walking to the convenience store three blocks away in the middle of the morning. It's not a problem. Well, the manager called 
the sheriff's department and said, uh, I understand you're in there with a very new broom. We have a vacant lot across the street from us and there's a bunch of black guys that sit over there all day long drinking beer and throwing their empties into the grass and uh, we understand you can do something about this so they did something about this mm-hmm. right they went rousted the guys that were sitting over there drinking beer across the street from the time saver and so they went to the next nearest vacant lot which was around the corner from me and across the street from one of my neighbors who I had become friends with. We had been living there for about four years at the time. And Wes was, um, he was a very nice guy, but uh, calling him stupid would be generous. Uh, He lived in that neighborhood the whole time, had no idea. It's like, I would tell him, it was like, you realize that the house across from us is the crack house now. And he's like, drugs? There are drugs in our neighborhood? It's like, well, you can kind of tell by the police car that pulls up every Thursday afternoon and the little boy comes out with a paper bag to give them their payoff. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, they, were, they weren't even trying to fucking hide it. They were that confident. And so uh, anyway, so when the, he woke up uh, this morning and the the black guys who were normally across from the time saver were across the street from his house instead. And uh, a normal person would have just called the police himself and said, there's a bunch of vagrants across the street from my house. He had a five-year-old girl. I mean, this, this, this guy was like Flanders from the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, but instead of doing that, he marched over, himself and told them that they would need to move it along or he would do something about it. That ended up with everybody coming back with guns and he ended up moving out in a hurry. Um, So that was in November of 1990. Well, uh, so we, uh, we knew where West had moved. We went and visited him once in a while. Cause he, you know, so like we had had this situation. He was around the corner, but our backyards abutted. So we had spent a lot of time talking. Uh, you know, he was a very devout fundamentalist Christian. Uh, and, uh, but kind of as I, I do with you, it's like, you know, we sort of met in the middle and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had a civil discourse about the things that we had differences over. Mm-hmm. I liked him. He was a nice guy. Um, but one night, you know, it was actually December 23rd, day before Christmas Eve, he uh, he showed up about dinner time. And uh, we're like, hey, Wes, what's up? It's like, oh, yeah, I just thought I would uh, swing by and say Merry Christmas and see how things are going. So uh, we settled in. We had some catching up to do. So that was fine, you know. And it was getting later and later and later. And he wouldn't fucking leave. <laughs> um, and I was sitting there, you know, it's like, you know, drinking shots of Jack Daniels. And I was getting uh, more than a little wasted. A little lit up. And little, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was lighting the room okay. up. Uh, and and Wes wasn't Wes, and, and he made a point of showing us that he brought his gun. It's like yes, yes, like I'm 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 ready if anything happens. It's like what the fuck's gonna happen? It's like well, I don't know, but if it does, I'm ready for it, right? Man, this, this, he's, so, he's not he's just overstaying his welcome with a gun. Yes, 
yeah, in my I, living room. I think I'd be getting, <laughs> I think I'd be getting fucked up too. So about eleven o'clock, uh, my uh, wife. At that point, we hadn't been married yet, so so, you know, it's like we've been living together for a long time. So mm-hmm. we, Elaine and I have lived together for much longer than we've been married. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just got tired and said, look, I'm going in the back. Well, apparently this is what the assholes were waiting for, was for the woman to not be in the room. Because, you know, I guess, guess, you know, drive-by shooting a woman is just not not as cool, right? And so, yeah. So I'm sitting here with my drink in my hand like this, you know, and Wes is on the other side of the room and Elaine goes in the back and like, just a few moments after that, I hear pop, 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 pop. And the last is, I'm thinking that sounds an awful lot like fireworks. And the, with the last one, though, I felt a breeze. Oh. And when I looked up, Wes had somehow gotten out of my couch, into the kitchen, gotten my wall-mounted telephone out of its cradle and had dialed 911. While I'm sitting here with my drink going, what the fuck just happened? Well, and then, well, uh, they only hit the house once. But there was a hole in the window and there's a hole in my media cabinet, which I still have incidentally. So I have a souvenir of this little incident in my life. It's a cedar cabinet that I repurposed into a TV and audio cabinet. There's there's a weird glitch in the simulation. (laughs) Because this morning I had on Joe Teddy and he was talking about a couple of times when he was shot at and the he was hit one time we talked about another time how there was a shot that went through the humvee they were in and it and it skinned the he had a magazine on on his vest and it clipped the magazine and he goes and i still have the magazine now you're telling me about <laughs> yes i have a bullet hole too <laughs> but twice in the same day back-to-back episodes i mean <laughs> I mean, is the, do we need to like do we need to like reset the the the, the router? We live, we, live in, we live in the United States in the twenty first century. But I mean, just the, the but just the universe simulation is just it's supposed to drop these Easter eggs every two hundred episodes, and it drops two back to back, just glitching. Yeah, somebody kind of talked to the programmer. He's just like, "Do you fuck that up, man?" I swear to God, uh, so, I'm having on a guy. So anyway, this. I swear to God, if it happens for a third time. I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket or I'm going to go shoot up an Asian massage parlor. <laughs> lottery ticket, definitely. Okay. It, well, it depends on how I'm feeling. So anyway, uh, if you drew a line between the hole in the window and the hole in my media cabinet, it passed like about this. Uh-huh, just uh, like with Ted Eye. Yep, the, the universe yeah. is glitching. Um, so uh, that was December 23rd. On Christmas Eve, we were in Mandeville looking at real estate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, people wonder. It's like, you know, what uh, what the fuck happened? Um, well, that was that was the thing. Uh, so, looping way the hell back is uh, is that uh, I'm not like unfamiliar with. Uh, living in sketchy settings and stuff, you know, I was comfortable for, with that for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to understand what you're dealing with. And uh, 
the thing that happened in 1990 was the thing that I was dealing with changed. And it took getting shot at for me to realize, oh, wait, this is not the sketchy neighborhood that I thought I was living in. This is a different sketchy neighborhood where you can just get randomly shot because everybody has a fucking gun now. Because before that, nobody had guns. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, there were, you know, there was a crack dealer every three blocks. They were generally single mothers uh, who, you know, they would have a small area. They would have a small amount of product. And so it wasn't worth, like, mounting an armed invasion yeah. to, to take them over. Well, after uh, Kanjemi took over, uh, their innovation was centralized distribution where you would have fewer houses that would have more product and have larger areas. But that meant you also needed to have uh, armed guards to protect it. And the whole thing changed the tenor. Of course, all of the people who thought they had been paid off, you know, that the, the thought they were protected under the Lentini regime suddenly weren't anymore or didn't mm-hmm. know if they were and so the murder rate quintupled we knew a couple of emts at the time and they told us that uh starting at that point they refused to go into the city of kenner uh until they they would pull over on the side of the road and put their bulletproof vests on jesus before they would enter the city of kenner jesus. And, combat uh, medics yeah, that was the way that they looked at it. You know, in fact, one of them actually was uh, a military veteran that uh, was, you know, he was he was an EMT first responder at the time. And uh, we would have drinks with them once in a while. Uh, and they were like, oh, no, man, Kenner is like the most corrupt, the most dangerous small town in the country right now. And uh, it's just like, you know, it's just this little dipshit place that's one municipality over from great you know from new orleans in the greater new orleans area but like everyone said their corrupt cops are competent mm-hmm. they they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and you don't want to fuck with them so roger the, roger tell them where to get yeah. your book i gotta pay <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, yeah. Uh, I wrote The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, which is considered one of the uh, big singularity, technological singularity books of all time. If you would like a copy of it on paper, uh, please consider getting it from lulu.com directly instead of through Amazon. You can find it on Amazon easily enough. The price will be the same because of the contracts everybody signs. But if you buy it from Lulu, they are the direct publisher of record and they give me the cut of the cover price that would normally go to Amazon and the rest of the network. So uh, I've been reminding people to do that for a few months here and worked out really good last month. So, um, and uh if you look it up, uh, you can read it for free online, and I don't mind if you go to local Roger L O C A L R O G E R dot com. Uh, the entire text is there. Uh, there are also links. You can get it as an ebook uh, for your Kindle or for your generic, you know, generic EPUB format. Uh, there are plenty of options, and uh, if you just Google it, you'll find uh, a few reviews of it out there. 
uh, it's a thing people have found interesting. So, I think Tommy's back. And I've got my jacket. I'm cold as fuck. By the way, do you like this? And incidentally... Uh, I ordered it. I ordered the Area 51 shirt. I know. I know. I know. I saw that. I'm, I'm excited for that. And, that. and yeah. And uh, once I see that the fit and quality are uh, what I'm expecting, there's a couple of others I got yeah. on my eyeballs, too. Yeah. And yeah, um, I'm going to need feedback on that because there's like different types of shirts. There's different materials and shit. So you're going to you're going to guinea pig this for me. Sure. And, uh, yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, I was hoping to wear it on the show, but it hadn't come yet. I don't think I don't think they've made it yet. It's I haven't gotten the there's notice a weird, that it Yeah, there's a weird thing where some of them take like twice as long to make. I just get updates on like the process of be, like the Snoop Loops one I made, which is I thought would be the easiest one because it's mostly a blank canvas. That one took them like three weeks to make, but then like a full body <laughs> print like this, it was out of the from the time I ordered it to the time it was in the mail it was like two days. So I have no idea. It probably depends on the overhead and other orders and stuff like that that's out of in, out of control. So yeah, I was about to look it up and then I realized that's not interesting podcast content. So I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> well, here's how long it takes to fulfill a share. But um, yeah, Kenner, New Orleans, competent cops move out. Um, yeah, and and I got shot at. Yeah, and so you got fucking it's shot like. At. Add that, add that to the list of life experiences that Roger has had that, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, and it, it, it does, uh, I mean, and the whole thing is like, I didn't even realize what was happening at the time. I was literally sitting there with my drink going like, what? Uh, Maybe it's safety. And, and, and Wes was like, uh, just like, yeah. And, and of course, he's sitting there with his gun, like this is gun, And it was all over before he could even like react well you know his my, gun didn't do shit for him well and i was with my girlfriend at the time in like um early 2015 in athens georgia someone broke into our house while i was there with her we were falling asleep in her room and kind of dozing off and i realized like like a light came on in the kitchen and there's just this like brief moment where it was like she was next to me and I'm in here it's like one in the morning there's like this moment where it all kind of froze and then it was like that's not good and and then like I don't remember anything for like 30 seconds and it was just an adrenaline dump but she said I jumped out of the bed like ran in there like just screaming at the top, just like stretch, like a moron, just like trying to turn into like Shrek. I was just, and like he ran out the back. He jumped off the porch. It was like an eight foot drop. He jumped off. I didn't realize this. I followed him and he had stolen someone else's bike that night and he was like riding around on bikes, going from like house to house, breaking shit. And I took his bike and I threw it into the river and like I came to like 30 feet from her house and I was like, how did I get here? It's this weird, but the point is, so we called the cops. The cops were, you could see the police department up the hill. That was like the one place in Athens where like, it was actually never cool. Cause it was like, fuck, if we have a party that's too big, like the cops can literally see our house. But that was the one time where it was like actually cool. Cause we, we called 911. They're here in two seconds. I mean, truly, I think it was like under two minutes. They just got in a squad car and just rolled down the hill. 
But even that, that two minutes was an infinity because the whole thing happened just like, yeah. and it was just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, and it's the thing is that uh, you don't live in expectation that violence is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And, and when it does, we don't know how we're going to react. I remember when I moved to Athens, when I transferred there from Valdosta, I knew because Athens was like the poorest county in Georgia, I bought a pistol and I had it my entire time at UGA because I was like, I'm just like, I'm studying all day. I'm trying to get into med school. And in my mind, it was more of like, a if I don't get into med school, it's going to be because I failed, not because someone shot me. (laughs) I was just like, I will not fail. So on top of studying for OCHEM and doing research, I also kept a fucking pistol under my bed. But I sold it. I sold it uh, after I lost my brother to suicide because I was pretty depressed myself. And I was like, I don't I don't need a gun right here. I don't need a, you know. Yeah. I don't need a phone. Well, it's call. also a serious risk factor for should you have your own suicidal ideation. Well, that's what I mean. Is I was like, I don't need this by here, you know, because when I get depressed, it sucks. But I always wake up the next morning. Maybe it's a couple of days of depression, but I always the sun always comes up again. You don't need to make a bad choice when you're down in the hole and then you never get, you know, it's it's kind of a cheesy quote. But I mean, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Point is, is I sold it. And then, of course, like fucking two months later, four years of living there, nothing happened. Two months later, someone breaks in. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe it'd be better. I mean, my luck, I would have shot him in the back running and there would be some public defense attorney and I'd go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Then, then, then you would be the news item of the day. Yeah, white man, white man shoots black intruder, and be like, "Well, hold on, hold the fuck on." But um, I guess he won because he came back like two months later when we weren't there and took her TV. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So whatever, whatever. Uh, Jokes on him. I'm ushering in thermonuclear war in 2050, so I'll get him back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, but. Yeah, it's a now. Am I? Do I just live under like a rock? Because I've been seeing this a lot on the news. I mean, really, at least it's coming to my my sphere of consciousness. It's become a thing that I've only. So it's like AirDrop on like you know Apple products. You can kind of send shit by Bluetooth. I didn't know that existed until like two years ago, but it's been a thing for like 15 years. So I say that to say just because I didn't know it existed doesn't mean it didn't exist. I've been seeing a lot in my public or not public, my sphere of consciousness, my social media intake, my Internet perusing in what feels like the last five or six weeks. I've been seeing a lot of stop Asian hate is this like a airdrop thing where has this been a legitimate problem for a while or am I just a a white male with white privilege and I don't know about it or is it truly just is this another like news item like hey keep all the middle class divided while the rich run away with the money well the I mean it's it's obviously blown the fuck all out of any proportion since let's say let's say prior let's say prior Atlanta shooting has there been a yeah has there been a thing like Asian hatred? I, not that I had, had noticed as being a big thing. I mean, there, uh, like you said, there 
uh, or the things that universities and uh, some of the well, that's inst- merit programs. Well, that's institutional. That's not even. But yeah, that's uh, not even but, the evil white man. That's institutional shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't been aware of it. Now, in and, and the thing is, in New Orleans, we have a huge Vietnamese community, uh, which is like uh, probably the first or second largest in the country for uh, a single city. And I haven't noticed or heard about anything like that. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are our customers, and we you know, deal with the... If, yeah, it, it just kind of them. feels like it's pop and again i don't i've been seeing more and more posts like this is asian hate like just samples and then it's been like this shooting is asian hate and then you see i was very surprised that the shooting uh thing blew up the way that it did in that direction because there was as far as i can see there was no precedent for it that didn't make any sense a lot of people kind of their response is you know in virginia tech that guy, Lee, so, fuck it, we're not going to say his name, killed 33 people. Remember, this yep. was like 2009 or 10. Mm-hmm. And like 28 of them were white. And, yeah. you know, people are like, this wasn't white hatred then. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good example. But then I try to step back one step further. And I'm like, so I saw like a post this morning. It's like, this is unprecedented Asian hate. And I was about to be like, in 2010, there was... And then I realized as I was sitting there on the toilet on my phone on a Facebook app, I was like, just like the words popped into my head, don't engage. And I was like, what do I give a shit about? I'm not trying to defend this shooter in Atlanta. I don't give a fuck that he and I are white. And it's, hey, don't... Do my fellow white man. Like, yeah. but the point is, is... Well, this is why I haven't made any posts on the liberal boards where I tend to haunt because I, I can just see that I'm going to get uh, taken apart well, if, if I do, and there people are not being rational about it. And that, that, and it doesn't make that's the thing is like any, any you know sense. it's like you can't if you come out and say there is no Asian hate, it's there's an instant target on well, it's, you it's not yeah it's not that there is none it's just that this isn't an example of it I, but I'm, I'm excluding even the shooting because this is no that that yeah. that not because now we're really backing ourselves into a corner it's like i know he <laughs> shot all these asian women but hear me out <laughs> you know it's and i agree with your yes, argument that you've made this whole episode but let's just say excluding that even prior to that i keep seeing that stop asian hate asian hate crimes and like it just but it's like you know God damn! if you're going to step out on a limb and be like, there is no Asian hate. Because one, what do I have to gain from it? And what do I give a shit? I don't. I'm trying to sling merch on a podcast. Like, I'm. this isn't my... I'm, I have my own game I'm playing, right? You know, slinging merch and getting thermonuclear mm-hmm. weapons with you. But you can't really step out because, you know, just like if you say all lives matter, there's nothing to gain from that and there's everything to lose. It's like, well, you're a fucking yeah. racist. So it's like... But I'm really just trying to, like, objectively kind of remove myself from the system. Yeah. I'm a spectator in the stadium, and I'm watching, and I'm like, I, for my, my own... My feeling there is is that it's probably a problem in certain localized areas. Sure. Um, but I don't think it's really a big problem in New Orleans, for example. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a big problem. I mean, but you have probably a generalized dislike of people who are different period Mm -hmm. that pervades the landscape but as far as like uh 
the way that black people are treated in much of the South, for example, I don't see anything like that directed at Asians, at least over the large landslide. Like if you go through Mississippi, uh, which I have, and you know, you you'll see this pervasive attitude that, oh yeah, we gotta keep the you know, from taking over and, and all. And it's you don't see flat country. Yeah, you don't you don't really see that attitude toward Asians, probably because there aren't as many of them, and people aren't uh, as resentful as they. Uh, you know, if you don't see a lot of a an, an ethnic group now, where it's probably a bigger problem is maybe places like uh, port cities on the West Coast, yeah, you know, like San Francisco, Seattle, where yeah. Yeah, Seattle and all that, where you you do have large Asian populations, there there may be a pervasive problem there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I won't say because I haven't seen it that it isn't there, and I would find it very believable that it is. But it's not. I mean, Atlanta. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I'm it, just not really seeing why it would be such a big deal in a place like Atlanta. Uh, yeah, Atlanta's more of a classic, it's more of a classic white on black racism. Yes, and and, and you do have an Asian uh, immigrant community, Yeah, but they're not particularly concentrated there. They are not particularly uh, present in any particular like industry or trade or anything where you would say, well, they're, they're shutting out our people, mm. you know, um, they're, uh, they're, they're just there. I mean, obviously you have people who are different and, uh, our people have always been a little bit resentful of anyone who doesn't look like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, foolish to. Yeah. Deny. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, like, dude, like but I, I don't, I, I don't see where it has been the kind of big problem that yeah. would justify rioting in the streets. It's just, uh, it, it, you know, I can't help but. I mean, and I am the first guy. I'm, I'm sorry, I am the first guy who will say, "Yeah, if uh, a cop shoots someone, no matter who the fuck they are, and they're caught on video, and it's obvious the person unarmed. wasn't doing shit, they were unarmed, they weren't doing anything wrong, and a cop just straight up murders them, and it's clear the cop is going to get this." Then yes, riot in the fucking streets. That that is completely justified. Mm-hmm. That is what is necessary. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and because because like I said, it's like I lean to the political left, and that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that I do. But I'm saying this is just embarrassing. As someone who leans to the political left, watching the reaction to this mass murderer who clearly is part of an established trope being completely misunderstood and then used by not one but at least two completely unrelated groups to try to make him their poster child and i'm just like uh, and and they are being vicious about anyone who tries to correct it you know so yeah uh, so yes this is embarrassing to it is embarrassing to say that 
I am on the political left while this is happening, because this is this is uh, a complete uh, fuck up. So I can't help but think of the the George Carlin quote where it was like, he's like, we keep the left and the right mad at each other. We keep the middle class afraid of the lower class. All the while, the rich run away with all the fucking money. Keep everyone Ain't that the case. Yep. And I can't help but feel like. Like if you look at like Google index terms, you see uh, Black Lives Matter and just in total like uses across all news titles, Facebook's total mentions online, just from searches, queries to titles of podcasts to whatever. They could just, you can go find like the use of, it's actually really cool because they've started as evil as Google is, they started scanning a ton of old books and newspapers. So you can actually go and find when was a term. Like I didn't know this third world that was coined after world war two. I always thought that was like a mm-hmm. millennia old term. No, it's uh, I don't know. So, yeah. That was the, well, it's like fourth estate. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, that was from world war one and, uh, wasn't the it? early 20th century. I thought that was like French Revolution. But the point is, is we don't, it's, it's, it's like you go back and you get corrected. Yeah. So you can go back and look at like indices of, of like Black Lives Matter and it, it, it peaks at elections, primarily 2020 and 2016, and then to a lesser extent, uh, 2018 and I think 2014. But it seems like, and again, people can get worked into a blind rage, and it's, it's, fuck you, Tommy, you're white guy, and it's like, no, let's just, hold on, let's just drop all the rage. You can hate me for every other thing, just like, let's hit a timeout for a second. Like, let's entertain the possibility that this is being used to divide us, and there's a much greater threat, and it's a political and technocratic trillionaire elite that are keeping us at each other's throats. It seems like this is kind of bubbling up out of nowhere it's just the new hashtag it's hashtag me too where it's a trending meme it's it's uh it's yeah. gangnam style it's a uh, harlem shake <laughs> it's just now it's stop asian hate and no one wants to come out and say is there asian hate because no one wants to be the the white supremacist fascist you know whatever the fuck they want to label you as yeah and, and how dare you question it so there's this weird thing where it's like it, it almost feels like that's that's the new season of earth Hey, welcome to season, you know, 2021 of the United States. Starting in this episode, it's strong with Stop Asian Hate. And it's all, did you see the Stop Asian? But that, it just feels like it's being delivered out and it's coming out of nowhere and no one wants to reject it. And, yeah, and the thing is, I can, I can believe that uh, a particular person of Asian heritage maybe in school felt uh, picked on and, and targeted because they were different. But that again is is not quite this i was picked on and targeted because i was different uh, I, I and i'm a to, white male I used, to stu- <laughs> I used to study with two of my friends in college all pre-med those oh. two are, damn it roger it's those two are now physicians <laughs> but we all used to study in the same courses and it was me and it was my black friend literally from africa like first generation was born mm. in like nigeria and then my other friend who was born in seoul south korean and we used to be racist as fuck to each other we'd be in this little study room <laughs> and we would just be saying slurs to each other <laughs> and i would get, yeah but that but but what i mean is like that's like so i'm saying like yeah racism does exist but i'm thinking it's like it's 
us saying these unconscionable things to each other. But it was, and then it was like, yeah, but, but that, that's that's like a married couple that uses like you know, you dumb bitch, you know, yeah, right. But you we know, used to say that. Like, you know, I've known people who are like that, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like but, you know, I'd you know, we'd be studying, and I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, sign you up. Like, are you tired? And he'd be like. You know, and he'd be like, "No, this is just how my eyes are." You like, you stupid honky. <laughs> and like, you know, he used to just say shit to. Or like my other friend from Africa, he was like, "Man, I feel bad for y'all." He's like, "Y'all got to score so much higher on the MCAT than me." Because <laughs> he was like, he was like, "I get a leg up." I was like, "Fuck you, man." But then you know, the joke would always be, "I'd be like, whatever, no one's gonna shoot." I'd be like, "I can walk into a police station with a gun and I'm fine." And they're like, "That's true." <laughs> and so we always had, you know, it's it's, but. Yeah, it's, I guess, I don't know, maybe that was just us three having fun, and, you know, and they're both physicians. Well, yeah, that's not the same as no, it's not. That was just kind on of the outside. No, that was yeah. just, comedic, um, that was comedic relief, but. Yeah, well, and, and that's all because you were friends. That, mm-hmm. That's, you understood your mutual places and, and, and the things that, you know, e- each of you faced or didn't have to face in society, and so yeah. you were kind of having fun with that. That's not the same as being actually on the outside and having yeah. you know kids steal your lunch money or whatever yeah. they might do because they thought well here's someone i can pick on and no one will do anything about it mm-hmm. and i'm sure that happens because it happened to me and i'm a white it happened to me because i was smart mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah i was picked on a lot and when i was in school um but that's not the same as institutionalized hate that's not yeah. you know what happened to me was not the same as what happens to black people. Yeah, it's not the same as black, I, uh, yeah, cop shooting black people or yeah. Or, I, I mean, I didn't have to worry about a cop shooting me because he mistook my you know baton for a gun or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I don't have to worry about uh, just all all kinds of things. Be, that, just, just, just systemic Harvard. You know, you got to score higher. Yeah. Fuck you. You got to score higher if you're Asian. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had to score higher than other people, and that was just the, you know, the thing yeah. I did. So, that, but that's yeah, all right. but but um, circling it back, it, it kind of feels like it's just like it feels like social engineering, and it's very easy to slip into like a tinfoil hat QAnon shit. But like, let's let's remove all like feared stigmas, and it does kind of feel like it's. You know, it's like putting an additive into like a, you know, a preservative into a food on a production line. It kind of feels like, then we're going to throw in hashtag stop Asian hate. And it's, we keep this going at each other. And it so does I, seem like he came out of nowhere. So, and then the it's, question is, is, well, what are we being distracted from? What are we being distracted from? COVID relief bill. How much of that is going to NGOs in other countries, which is being kicked back to the very, very piece of shit Republican and Democrat senators that are passing it? Is something going on in the South China Sea? Are we, you know, bucking heads with with China off the coast of Alaska? Is something else going on? That's my question. Is what's going on? HR one. HR voting rights. There you go. So it seems like there is a. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Someone pointed out to me, and it wasn't until months afterwards, that the video I took on January 6th was there's a there was a scaffolding that was lowered. It was it was on the ground at the front of the Capitol. And one, there was no police, there's no anything there. And people got on that and it was operable. 
which again, most shit like that has some sort of key. Yeah. I know because I used to try to get into construction equipment in downtown. I'd, I'd be pissed drunk and we'd be on the way home and we'd see an apartment. On more than one occasion, I got into a Bobcat or something and tried to operate it. They take the keys out, all right? Trust me, I know. It's mm-hmm. the, and I'd probably be dead if they didn't. Um, I tried to get into an 18-wheeler in like 2010. <laughs> and, uh, this guy was just parked at a gas station. I was like, I'm going to go hop up into that. The point is, is, is so... But it's, so they take the key out. They take the key out in Bumblefuck, Georgia, around a bunch of drunk kids. To me, it was odd that there was a scaffold. None of this is important. There's a scaffolding down. People got on it. It was operable. It went up. You can see in my recording, as I'm recording the scaffolding going up, is the exact time someone starts, some fucking guy, just big beard, no mask on, starts shattering a window with a crowbar. That is a real life example yeah. that I've seen with my own eyes of don't look over here something's happening over here jokes on him i got a video of him but to me it's like what's going on what's going on if everyone is mm-hmm. you know it's like i think it was when trump sold like him or hate him i remember when trump made a big arms deal with saudi arabia and all the conservatives myself included just kind of looked the other way you know wait what do you mean we're giving guns we're giving tanks and bombs to saudi arabia didn't they sponsor 9-11 oh but it's trump so i'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen but the same day he did that was the day he climbed the steps of air force one with toilet paper on his shoe and i can't help but think <laughs> yeah don't look over here what's over here so and don't misconstrue misconstrue what I'm saying as like, oh, the guy that shot all those people in Atlanta was an MK Ultra guy, and that was just no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is just in general, it seems like, yeah. you know, I got your nose. You know, it, it, it feels like that. Yeah, doesn't it? Or am I just retarded? It, you're right. It, it 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 does feel like it came out of nowhere. The the whole Stop uh, Asian hate. What is the Asian Lives Matter thing? Is that a thing now? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. Where so, did that come from? Yeah. Uh, and and it's and it's not that prejudice doesn't exist or it's not a real problem or sure. anything, but it's like this focus on it came out of nowhere, and you're you're right. It, it does make me wonder if uh, there is something that we're being distracted from mm-hmm. by it, uh, especially when you look at the people who are being distracted. Yes. They're, they, you know, the the left is losing its collective shit over this, mm-hmm. and those are the people who would be looking over the shoulders of the people who are trying to mm-hmm. fuck things up. You know, maybe a little bit at this point. Um, and and I, I'm just. Uh, uh, we're not at the point yet where I can say, no, I think that this is what they were distracting us from. I think you're, you're right that there may be a there there, that there's something uh, we're not supposed to be noticing. The problem is we're not noticing it still because we are noticing the distraction. Uh, but uh, you've got a very good point there. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, and you can never, you never do notice it, right? It's, 9-11 happens and then the USA Patriot Act comes through and it's just boom, boom, boom. It happens mm-hmm. so quick, um, you know, kind of like a pickpocket. You can never know until, hi- again, I didn't realize until like a month and a half later, someone was like, hey, man, I was watching your video. Did you notice that the exact time the scaffolding, like, I remember when I was there, I thought the scaffolding was weird, but I never once thought. And I was like, oh, you're right. Scaffolding goes up, window starts being broken. 
like I, it, it just happened at the same time and it there, there might actually be some people in the government who would find that video very interesting because now they're going after those guys uh, with some success as far as figuring out who they were and that very thing mm-hmm. uh, you know you may be the only one who caught that mm-hmm. in that way because uh, I, I got a suspicion that the guy who's breaking the window has already been identified and may be arrested. There's no way he hasn't because he, surround- he didn't even have a mask on. Yeah, and, like, and they've been being very thorough and methodical about anyone who got into the building. Mm-hmm. As um, well as they fucking should. But, I, said, I said it when I was there, and I'll say it now. I can't scoff at BLM and Antifa for breaking shit and burning down a courthouse in Portland and then turn a blind eye when it just so happens to be people that maybe I'm aligned with politically start shattering windows. It's the to me, it's no different. Yeah. Whether you're dressed in black, whether you're sit wearing a shirt that says I can't breathe, or whether you've got a Trump twenty twenty shirt on, the second you start destroying things, it's like, dog, now we're just going back to Barbary. And that's why I left yeah. at that time. But it it does feel like we're being distracted and like the video with the scaffolding and the crowbar, we probably won't know until we look back at it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the way it always ends up working. Yeah. And then by the time you realize it, there's a new one coming in. So, Roger, let's test our theory. I got We got to wrap this one up in like 10 minutes, but let's test our theory. Sunday, March 21st, 2020, 3.30 p.m. on the nose Eastern time. What is going to be something that happens later this year for anyone listening from the future? What is there another hashtag or something that comes out of nowhere? And I don't mean something like COVID where it's like, yeah, you know, in November 2020, COVID wasn't trending and it's because there was a fucking pandemic. I mean, let's test our theory. Is there something that's going to pop up later this summer about like liberate Madagascar? free the siberians you know stop stop hatred against those who ride tricycles part of part of what may be uh, a problem for some people is that the pandemic is going to wind down i've already got my first shot uh of moderna my second is scheduled in about two weeks uh i know quite a few others who have i mean this is one thing where say what you want about joe biden but he, he said, we're going to do 100 million shots in 100 days. And there has been. Man, man, I'll give, I, I have no problem giving credit where credit um, I said yesterday. But that means, but that means we need a new outrage because yeah. the pandemic is going to go away. Yeah, it's, it's like what Tim Dillon said. He was like, a lot of you, he's like, you don't, maybe you don't realize it, but you love the pandemic because you can be angry about masks and you can one romanticize about how things used to be. And he goes, now, the pandemic's going to end, and we're going to realize just how shitty normal life always was. <laughs> we're going to go, oh, he goes, a lot of us are going to get to the oh. end of our driveway and go, fuck this, <laughs> go right back inside. Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's like uh, my you know, dad and I have met uh, a few times over the course of it, but it's like I will actually be able to hug my dad again. Fuck yeah. Because we've both been immunized. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there's uh, – as this thing winds down, it's going to cease to be the outrage of the day for the first time in a year. And, uh, yeah, there will probably be something what's else. The, what's but, the new, what's um, the new hate? And there's no telling because who could have seen 
uh, I mean, I, who would have seen Stop Asian Hate coming? It's like uh, there hasn't been any particular outrage toward Asians except the Atlanta shooting that I know of mm-hmm. in the last decade or so. Yeah. So it's like this sort of came out of nowhere, like this pent up thing. Well, you know, which it seems like it doesn't make any it's it seems manufactured. Yeah. You know, it's like you can go. So we I did this about a year ago. And it was me and my buddy Duran, who was actually episode number one. But he came on and we were talking about how <laughs> You know, I basically said something along the lines of what I'm saying with you now about Stop Asian Hate is I was like, Duran, if you had gone back to our December 2019 episode and talked about COVID, we wouldn't know what you what we were talking about. And he was like, correct. And I was like, so what's the next thing that we don't see coming? That afternoon, George Floyd was killed after the episode. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah. that, so I say that to say, that's not a valid example because that was something that happened and it was like that okay there's video okay that's okay sure the riots so that's not unrelated that was just more so unpredicted it seems manufactured yeah it feels manufactured and uh you don't know where the next thing is going to be it's it's like you know you're, you're pointing out that your your brother asked you to invest in bitcoin and if you had done what he asked you you would be a billionaire i wouldn't now. be doing this fucking podcast i probably i probably <laughs> would actually i'd probably be doing the exact same thing you would be doing it on an actual network with television cameras and you know all the accoutrements and you know you'd have yeah two million viewers uh, but uh yeah you can't see it in in advance and, and this is one of the things that i learned viscerally hanging around the casino for all that time is, is that uh, you, you can arrange the advantage play uh, situation where you know that in the long run, if you keep doing the same thing, you'll come out ahead, but you never know on any particular bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be a winner. And we proved that, uh, that you can, uh, that edge you know, you can lose 49% of the bets you make and still be a massive winner in the uh-huh. long term. But you have to know what the odds are. Uh-huh. You, you have to be able to see the math, to see it coming if it's a, if it's a black swan. Uh, and none of us are in that privileged position. I didn't see the uh, Asian... Stop Asian hate thing coming. And I find it maddening because this is, there is an actual thing. This is why I wanted to talk about it. Uh, and that the actual thing is being ignored in order to create this hype. Hmm. Uh, and there is an actual thing. There is an actual thing there that keeps happening, that repeats, that you could maybe do something about if you actually paid attention to it and cared, but no one cares about it. No, everyone is trying to use this uh, for their own hobby horse. I think, and did, I don't know why. I think I just Sherlock Holmes did. I think mm-hmm. I think hashtag Stop Asian Hate came from an NRA think tank because what they don't want people going is. This guy got a gun and killed a bunch of people. <laughs> no, we got to change it to misogyny. Oh, yeah. Misogyny and, uh, I guess, Asiatic hatred. 
Yeah, because you don't get any more pure than that. He went out, bought a gun, thought about it overnight, and still used the gun that he bought for the purpose he bought it for, which is to kill a bunch of random strangers. Or maybe not so random. It's like we don't know. See, apparently, he may have been... Uh, you we're gonna know, find out. We're gonna find out these that all establishments. those people. We're gonna find out that all those people are like related to Epstein or something. All right. Well, more likely that uh, he he's been going to those establishments for months, and that uh, that's been what's grinding his gears. And uh, it it almost uh, seems like maybe there was a there was a glitch, right? It seems like the stop Asian hate hashtag should have come after the shooting. You know, I can't breathe. That was that. That's post George Floyd. Hmm. It seems like you know, they, and, and that's weird too. They it's, fucked it's up like, the delivery. You know, they fucked up the delivery. Was, you're right. I mean that that looks very suspicious, actually, because, uh, yeah, it's because I haven't. I'm not aware of anything else that would have made this the trending thing that it is, and yet it was there like this bubble out of nowhere when the shooting occurred so it's like did somebody know it'd be like if we it'd be like if we talked about the people with crowbars and the scaffolding it'd be like if we did an episode on january 5th about that (laughs) people would be like hold on but the thing is you're talking about being like the nra though it's like if you were setting it up if you were if you were staging it the last thing you would do would be having him buy the gun legally the day before, and then use the legally bought gun to commit a major crime because now that it, is exactly all of the things the gun control people want to stop from happening. Now, if stop Asian <laughs> hate started trending after the shooting, then I would say NRA think tank got to diverge, we got to yeah. deflect. Right. Yeah, but but what like you said, before? it started. With, Are they getting and, sloppy? And Are they getting sloppy? Is the Illuminati getting sloppy, Roger? Well, there you get into, okay, you know, does that mean that the, but, but again, if it was a setup though, then the question is why would you, why, why would the NRA have set it up to look so well, well, much like a premeditated gum drop? I mean, it's like the it very thing. It doesn't thing. make sense. Yeah. Unless yeah, it's, it unless it's the anti-gun lobby, right? It's, have you ever seen that? Oh, now we're getting into the jujitsu of my blocking and feigning, and it's like we're yeah. all pretending yeah. to. It's like, uh, yeah, but the uh, but more than anything is, it doesn't matter whether it's the CIA or the NRA or whatever. It, it's odd that it seems to it would seem to come out of nowhere, and then there was a shooting. Right? It's like when the audio doesn't match up on a video, mm-hmm. and like it's like if the video is delayed. It'd be like if you told a joke and I started laughing and you heard the laughing before you <laughs> saw my face. It seems odd. It seems like they got sloppy. They pushed the hashtag before they had the asset go shooting, right? It seems weird. It seems weird. Which makes me think sometime later this year, I don't know what it is. I don't claim to know what it is. But let's imagine that there's going to be another seemingly astroturf hashtag coming out. Not It's... And I'm just curious as to what that is. Now, we can't possibly know, right? We can't possibly yeah. know what it will be. But it's going to be something. It's, it's. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be something about... It's going to be something out of left field. It's going to be like stop, yes. stop, the, uh, uh, stop the sexualization of Eskimos, right? <laughs> it's going to be like, hey, these... 
these like these igloo these igloo penguin hunting people are not pieces of ass for white men. Oh, to fuck. laughter and marble talls. Yeah, it's gonna be something, yeah. right? It's gonna be what's like what's a sleeper? I always bring up Madagascar, but there's gonna be some something that no one's thought of. What right? is it with you and Madagascar? It's you, because you, it just you, seems so odd. You realize my wife has actually been to Madagascar, the real actual Madagascar, the island and off of Africa. She's actually took a bird tour there. Really? Well, then it can't be yeah. Madagascar because it seems to be relevant. It's going to be like <laughs> Liechtenstein. It's going to be something. And With the mouse that roared? Yeah. Yeah. It, but it's, it's something's <laughs> going to happen later this year when everyone's going to get riled up about it. And it's but there's going to be no precedent. So what I'm trying to do is say that before it happens so we can come back to this and be like, we knew it. Something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but something's going to well, the thing about Madagascar is that uh, China is deforesting the place and using it as a launch pad to get into southern Africa. Is Stop Asian Hate a China PSYOP? Mm. Preemptively get us to I don't start really feeding. To them... to, well, to, it's to get us to preemptively not want to criticize Asian because, you know, let's say China takes over Madagascar. And everyone and someone goes, "Hey, why are they doing that?" And everyone goes, "See, Asian hate. It's Asian hate. Who knows? Is it a preemptive thing?" I don't, well, I, I, I don't, well, well, you've got a weird thing going on there because it's you've got China taking over Madagascar, which is the itself Road Initiative, a weird place. But and they are using Madagascar as a launching pad into Southern Africa, uh, while meanwhile Saharan Africa is being more courted by the Middle East countries. Mm -hmm. uh, China is sort of bypassing them. And, and Madagascar is sort of a, a, a critical uh, jumping point there. The United States is we're, we're shutting down a lot of our bases in Europe and actually re relocating soldiers to Africa. Yeah. Well, I think people are realizing that that's where a lot of the re resources are for things like rare earths. Yeah. It's like it's like the party moving from one house to like, hey, we're all going to that house now. Everyone's like, "Hey, we've yeah. raped, we've raped and pillaged the Middle East. We've done it for twenty years." After parties in Africa, and it's just all the parties are like, "Come along, yeah, and they got all the lithium." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Or is it some double psyop? Is it going to be stop Asian hate for? I don't fucking know. Now we're just getting off into the weeds. But um, Roger. well, I mean, the thing is, is domestically, there. I think there's a big distinction between Asians domestically versus the way that Asians as foreign peoples uh, are perceived yeah. both by our leaders and by other citizens. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the, the threat is as it's perceived by people who are different than you, by people who are black or who are Asian or who are whatever domestically uh, you know, or Mexican, of course, being the big one for the last uh, 20 years or so is not that that's not the same as the threat of a foreign major power that just happens to be made up of people who look like that because hell they're a real country yeah I mean we have to take them seriously they have nuclear weapons too yeah it's uh, 
whatever it is, it feels like we're only seeing the top of the iceberg, whether it's manufactured yes. outrage by bankers so that we don't think about how they're fucking us, whether it's manufactured outrage by, you know, China so that they can preemptively sow it into the subconscious that they're not the bad, whatever it is, whatever it is, it seems to be mm-hmm. astroturfed. Well, and, and everything has been on hold for a year because of the pandemic. Mm. And don't forget that too that uh, there is a big thing about China and the pandemic allegedly starting COVID-19. there, and certain people Gain uh, blaming them for it. Uh, so that yeah, there 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 is a lot going on there. Uh, and and is it the, damage the control? Is, is it damage control for COVID? Is China going fuck? They're going to find out it came from a Wuhan lab. <laughs> Let's get out ahead of this. <laughs> I don't. Shit, man, these guys are like. I mean, they're. I mean, levels above us. Let's let's let's. There's there's been like a there's been a piece. Yeah, I think I said this. Actually, no, I said it to my buddy Ben. I was like, there was a certain piece when Biden got into office and we started bombing Syria, because I realized the military-industrial complex sometimes it puts on the. Sometimes it puts on a mask that says Obama. Sometimes it puts on some socks that say Trump. Sometimes mm-hmm. it wears a new jacket that says Biden. But the machine trundles on and it destroys, rapes, and maims everyone. And there's a certain peace in knowing that demons run the world. And I've yeah. I've since gone from I can do something about it to now I'm just kind of enjoying, I'm watching it as a game. Yeah. And I'm realizing that there are nuclear bunkers and trillions of dollars and CIA assets and satellites and black programs and double agents and triple agents. And listen, man, if I try to get too involved into it, I'm going to get a bullet in the back of the head. So instead, I'm just kind of appreciating watching it as a show. And I'm just like, watch, watch the movie, watch, have a the, drink. watch the movie and just enjoy it you know no, and, and i have and, and and i've had you know i've been watching you know because i'm of that age where i watch all of my friends having their kids are now of age and having grandkids mm-hmm. and they're all like oh i get so much pleasure out of my family and it's like i'm just like you know what i completely forgot to reproduce and i'm not regretting it one bit well that's because... the thing is i think if i was having <laughs> i think if i was having kids i think i would i don't think i'd be able to t- detach from it i think i'd be terrified yeah, I'd be going fuck. Yeah. There's shootings. You know, am I going to raise my kid in Atlanta where there's there's a there's a cop out almost? Yeah, I get to just kind of uh, watch. Yeah, and and the thing is, I'm not particularly worried about my species. I'm not particularly worried about the human race. We'll get on. We'll we'll keep. We make we make rats look like weaklings. I yeah. mean, we will continue. Yeah, but. Any particular one of us that may end up being a different story, depending on what happens with the sure. climate uh, and sure. the wars. It might not be America. It might be China. It might be Russia. It might be Madagascar. But humans as a whole, oh, we're going to keep dropping. Yeah. We're fine. Um, but but yeah, as far as like my particular is it, kids, is it though, this one? If I, was scared- I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 like I'm very cool with the fact of having abdicated my supposed responsibility to reproduce because uh, actually plenty of other people have done that for me. I don't think there is anything so special about my DNA that uh, 
I need to make sure that the next generation has a sample of it. Uh, in, a, and, in a way, they do. You and I are immortalizing ourselves with podcasts, and in a way, we are passing along ourselves. Just not as DNA. Yeah. As more, as more as NTSC video or whatever this passes for but, nowadays. But we've talked enough that, I mean, you could probably <laughs> – there's been enough hours of us talking. There's a large enough sample that you could probably accurately or relatively – Yes, reconstruct our reconstruct personalities us and, and see what we're going to say. Yeah. I mean, they're right. There's only so much. You could probably deep fake me saying anything. You probably wouldn't need to. Mm-hmm. You could probably actually find the video of me saying, like, I'm going to fuck a chihuahua. Like, it's probably there. <laughs> like, you know, you don't, you don't need to deep fake it. Roger, I got to wrap this one up because my computer is turning into a dinosaur and I got another episode in 10 minutes and I got to okay. hope my computer. Yeah, you don't doesn't. want it to melt. It will. I just don't want it to melt entirely. But um, Roger William, <laughs> author of Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, buy it on Lulu, you fucks. And um, see you next week. See you next week, and um, stop Madagascar hate. <laughs> it's it's got to stop, and it's got to stop now. All right, Roger, take care, buddy. <laughs> see ya. Peace.